Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, offering a broad range of cardiac and vascular treatments in our community. More information is available at upmc.com slash centralpaheart. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. The historic Harrisburg Association is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. It has to be considered as one of the state's most successful historic preservation organizations. What are some of those successes, and why is historic preservation important? Joining us is David Marson, Executive Director of the Historic Harrisburg Association, and Jeb Stewart, who is not just a longtime member, but he's a preservation advisor for the Historic Harrisburg Association. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Good to have you in the studio after all these years. Wonderful. Thank you. So, uh, David, let me start with you. Take us back to 1973. How did Historic Harrisburg get its start? Well, probably the most uh, uh, central uh, reason that it got started was the aftermath of the flood of 72, the Agnes Flood. It somewhat devastation in Harrisburg that uh, it really was a call to action and citizens. It was very much a grassroots effort to try and, and turn some of the neighborhoods around, particularly Shypoke and Midtown. All right. Now, when you say... Uh, you know, it was a, a wake-up call, kind of. Uh, it was an opportunity, though, wasn't it? I mean, there was so much devastation and so much damage in the city that there had to be some thinking like, okay, let's take this opportunity to not only repair, upgrade, but preserve what we have. Exactly. And I think the timing was perfect because really there was a back to the city movement nationwide in the 1970s. And the, and the, uh, I'll say the, the, the people who had been college hippies in the late 60s, in the 70s, they didn't want to spend their life pushing a lawnmower in suburbia. They, they, they were the ones who really thought, hey, city living would be kind of cool. And they really were the first believers in that, not only in Harrisburg, but in many, many cities. And you can see how that's caught on uh, really generally uh, that city living is, is preferred today. Okay, well now, even though you say that, there have been some demographic changes over the years in cities. Harrisburg does not have near the population that it once did. Uh, I mean, population now around 50,000, where at one time it was up 75, 80,000. So there were a lot of people, I mean, people refer to it as white flight, that a lot of people, uh, whites in particular, moved from the, uh, from the cities into the suburbs. That's how we got suburbs. So, uh, you know, what about that? When you say back to the city, there was some thinking that, that people did want the amenities, the thing, the entertainment, the things that were av available in the city, but there were other people who decided to leave. Well, the early people were clearly pioneers, and they and they were kind of bucking the the suburbia trend, and really the the the, the simultaneous trend was was moving to newer and newer suburbs. The older suburbs really are now uh, as historic as many cities. But uh, I think it's a generational thing. In the 70s and 80s, there 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 was still a lot of older generation that that uh, for them moving from uh, working class cities in the middle of the 20th century, you know, the suburban dream for them. But the next subsequent generations, it was a different viewpoint. And today, it's totally different. Why is historic preservation important? 
Well, uh, I think it, it has a lot to do with the, with the character uh, of, of the communities, uh, the, the architecture, the, the buildings. are. Uh, it, that's what people, that's why they want to live there. Now, we've got a lot of great infill housing, we'll call it, which, which blends in if it's successfully built, which uh, is just as nice, and some people prefer that. But having a, a good stock of, of historic uh, houses, be they row houses in Midtown and Uptown, or be they landmarks uh, in a city, that's what creates the, defines the character. Uh, Jed, you're uh, the preservation advisor. Um, what is historic to one person may not be historic to another. How has it been decided over the years what is historic and what's not? Well, typically, uh, 50 years has always been um, a threshold in terms of at least what's eligible for the National Register of Historic Places. A property is 50 years or older. Um, and, you know, as far as Harrisburg is concerned, uh, when the historic disc districts were created, uh, the first being in 1974, uh, there was a question about where the boundaries should be. Um, and this is right after the flood. Um, there was an effort with Historic Harrisburg to work with the city and the city planning bureau at that time to establish the first municipal historic districts where there were architectural controls through the Architectural Review Board, which was established at the same time. Yeah. So explain that, though. I, I think most people understand it, but what you're looking for is that historic architecture to be consistent so that you're not having you know, something that was built in the late 1880s, for example, right next to a modern structure that uh, just is they're just totally opposite of one another, right? Uh, correct. And, and looking at historic districts, you try to determine a consistency in architecture uh, and what period that might represent, whether it be uh, late 19th century, early 20th century, where there's a, a continuity of row, uh, if there are intrusions such as uh, newer buildings that don't relate, or open areas, surface parking lots and so forth, those areas may not be established as a historic district per se, um, only because it doesn't have the character um, that would be required to establish one. That's not to say that buildings within those areas aren't significant. Um, the question is whether or not it would be pertinent to uh, establish, establish a historic district in that area. You know, and I'm going to ask a question. I, I, I almost get the sense that uh, this takes me back to my childhood where I keep asking, why? 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 <laughs> why is, 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 when I ask about uh, being, you know, historic, um, is it the architecture? Is it something that happened in a, the building there? Just what makes something historic? It could be both. Um, architecture, of course, is for the most part uh, the driving force. However, it could be significant in terms of um, any events, people that live there, and so forth. And that, uh, when I talk about that, it relates to the criterion for a National Register designation, mm -hmm. as an example. Um, but architecture really is the driving force uh, or uh, char characteristic and the extent to which it hasn't been altered or inappropriately uh, changed one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Add to that craftsmanship and quality of the building materials that are uh, 50 to 100 to 150 years old. Really, that was much better made, made to last. And that's why these old buildings are, are a good investment. 
Why? Why were they made better? Why were the materials made better? Well, for example, lumber, for one thing, was old-growth lumber that, that wasn't tree farm lumber. So it grew much more slowly, and, and it's much much stiffer, stronger, uh, durable wood. So many, many times, when, for, for example, with windows, people think they need to replace their windows. The new windows are made out of, out of really cheap, even the expensive ones are made out of cheap, lousy tree farm wood, and they're, they're going to disintegrate uh, in your own la- lifetime. But at the same time, now I'm going to push back a little bit, David, because I know there are people out there thinking, I'm looking for ways to save energy. The windows today will save me more energy than what an older uh, glass window would. Well, yes and no. I I think there are other ways to save energy and still preserve the original windows. We have a number of window experts that will show you how to do it. Uh, And uh, we've done it on our own building at at, uh, the Historic Harrisburg Resource Center. Those windows are are, uh, well over a century old. And uh, they're well built. They were a little drafty. We got we got some nice uh, wood storm windows to to put on them. It looks great. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Uh, you know, just thinking about windows, I'm thinking about all the characteristics of a structure. And if you're trying to maintain that historic, that you know what it looks like. You know, let's face it, there, there are a lot of windows that look much different than what they did, uh, say, even 50 years ago. So down to doorknobs and things like that, are, you, are those who are uh, thinking about historic preservation, are they thinking about those things? Well, some people are. Some people are perfectionists uh, that of uh, their own accord will will want to have an exact replica of, of, of the hardware. Uh, in many cases, it's not really a requirement that they do that. But uh, uh, in other cases, things that are conspicuously visible are going to be part of what the Architectural Review Board is going to regulate. And they're going to make recommendations to you about if you want to renovate this or replace that, here's the best way to do it. Jeff, you wanted to follow up on what you were saying earlier, talking about earlier, uh, having to do with the historic district in Harrisburg. Right. Well, the first municipal historic district was created, as I mentioned earlier, in 1974. And with that came the establishment of the Architectural Review Board, which was in place to review cases for new construction, demolition, alteration of buildings, which was a built-in necessity um, to protect the integrity of the historic district. The first district was established up to Verbeck Street, which included Midtown, the area around the Capitol, and, and Shypoke. Um, that being areas where there was um, affected by the 72 flood and whether there was a need to establish some kind of legislation to protect the historic qualities in those areas. Subsequently, other areas, kind of like a concentric circle expanding, uh, were created both as National Register and municipal districts likewise, including the old uptown area north of Riley Street, the Fox Ridge area, um, east of uh, 3rd Street uh, and just north of Forster Street, and also uh, areas of Allison Hill is the Mount Pleasant National Register Historic District. The early years, uh, they were tested, the, the, the historic district legislation was tested as to whether or not people could just do as they did before, tear down buildings, they got a permit to do that. However, with the new legislation in place, uh, there were protections that didn't allow that. And and there was a message that was sent to the community that you just can't do as you did before. Um, You know, there has to be 
uh, a review process and the integrity of the district has to be protected. Uh, one case in particular that was very important at the time was at 2nd and Foster Streets on the southeast corner. BP Oil wanted to tear down four townhouses for the establishment of a, of a gas station. That was a critical uh, case at that time. The review board said no. City Council upheld the review board on that. It went to county court. The courts upheld the decision of both the review board and the city, and those buildings were saved. That was a test case that really sent the message to the community at that time that you just can't do as what was done before. Uh, that was one case. The other one was uh, the Tracy Mansion at Front and Minnick Streets. Uh, the Redevelopment Authority, as a post-flood um, initiative, wanted to tear that down, thinking that many other buildings on Front Street were flood damaged and had to come down. Historic Harrisburg rallied the, the community to try to, to block that demolition, and the, the authority backed off. The Tracy Mansion was saved. That's where Shar's Restaurant was more recently. Mm -hmm. And that was another success story um, that Historic Harrisburg weighed in on in conjunction with the city, in partnership with the city, uh, to protect and maintain the integrity of the historic mm. district legislation. David, what makes Harrisburg unique? Well, uh, there are two things that I think to everybody, regardless of historic preservation or history. You know, we're the capital. We've got the most beautiful capital building in the United States. We've got the Susquehanna River. Uh, and, and I think uh, beyond the preservation of individual houses and neighborhoods, uh, the, the overall character and appearance of the community is what makes it attractive for people to want to live in, in the region. If the city isn't vital and, and vibrant, they're not going to want to uh, move here for their jobs to relocate businesses here. Now we have a great heritage tourism industry in Harrisburg where we're taking people on tours from as far away as China and Russia and, and France and all over the United States coming to tour Harrisburg. And, I, and they're not coming to see new buildings. Hmm. What are they coming to see? Well, I think they want to see that they, they want to see history. They want to see uh, the fact that we've not only got history and and, and we've got natural beauty as well with with a with a river and with with the Appalachian Trail just ten minutes away and and farmland and everything. I mean, there's it really is a wonderful blend. And historic Harrisburg has been an active partner with some of the conservation organizations in central Pennsylvania to, to preserve open space, farmland and, and forests uh, as well. So we're not just about the city, but uh, the city has to be a vital core of a region or the region isn't going to thrive. Now, I'm going to ask you to back, go back over the last 50 years. Talked about the successes. Is there something that isn't in Harrisburg now that you wish could have been preserved? Well, I think probably the icon that most people would point to was the State Theater. And that was before my time, but that was another rallying cry, not only saving neighborhoods as a result of the flood, but the fact that, that there was no desire to save that beautiful Broadway-style theater on Locust Street. Uh, and it, it would have been our, it, it, we wouldn't have needed Whitaker Center. Whitaker Center is wonderful, but many other cities have made their, their flagship uh, early 20th century 
theater uh, into a performing arts center. You see that all over the place. So that was that was a, a tragedy. But uh, but that was in the early seventies, and the, really decision makers weren't thinking that way. The decision making has now moved in in the direction of of agreeing that historic preservation is good. And the perfect example of that is is Harristown. The owner of uh, Strawberry Square, they're preserving historic buildings all over Center City now and also doing all they can to kind of reinvent Strawberry Square. Probably at one time, people didn't think this way, but uh, I get the sense that uh, historic preservation is almost part, well, is part of economic redevelopment. Very much so. Very much way? so. Well, uh, just as I described, Harristown, their business model is is preserving and restoring old buildings, adapting them for residential uses. Uh, the old Plum Building uh, was the newest one that they converted into apartments. The Menneker Building on Market Square has beautiful apartments, dozens of others, and Harristown's not the only developer. There's private developers doing this all, all over Harrisburg and the, and the older suburbs. Mm-hmm. So, Jip Stewart, uh, what are the uh, preservation priorities now? Well, there are many. <laughs> um, H- Historic Harrisburg publishes a list annually of the preservation priorities, and there are about oh, 40 of them now, I would say, uh, that are on Historic Harrisburg's website. So um, we try to find buildings that are either threatened, uh, buildings where there may be an opportunity to purchase um, that are for, uh, for sale that are landmark buildings that people might be interested in, um, and buildings that where the futures are unknown. And we just want to publish the list to make sure that we get it out to the community that these are important buildings one way or the other, especially if there may be a challenge to their future um, one way or the other. Either they're in a deteriorating condition and can be saved, or buildings that may be threatened one in one instance or another. Now, so, When you say there's a list of 40, mm-hmm. Are there any that even rise to the top of that list that you look at right now and say, this is one that we have to do something with? Well, for example, um, the state hospital complex is one. It's been going on for some time Um, now. And that is the National Register Historic District, the older section of it. And um, right now, the state owns it. The county, there was a deal to sell to the County Redevelopment Authority. We're not sure where that stands right now. Uh, we just want to make sure that that campus is preserved. It is historic. Uh, it's a beautiful campus. And uh, that would be a an example of a preservation mm-hmm. priority. David, you wanted to add something I to was going to mention a, a, a couple of extraordinary recent successes from our preservation priority list, one being Zembo Shrine at, at, mm-hmm. at Third and Division. They had that on the market for a couple of years. Now they've completely turned their plan around, and, and they're staying. They're planning to put it on the National Register of Historic Places, work, and we've been helping guide them in that process. So they've they've changed their, their thinking to the fact that, that 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 building is an asset to them, not a liability. Another great success story is the former uh, Dixon University Center, which is now becoming the grass campus for for Jewish life. That is an amazing uh, historic preservation and uh, community improvement uh, accomplishment. That's going to be incredible. And had that not come about, uh, there was nothing to, to prevent uh, that campus from being completely demolished for high-rise office buildings. Mm. 
We have about two and a half minutes left. Uh, 50th anniversary. You have plans for the 50th anniversary. What are some of them? Uh, yes, we do. The, uh, February 22nd is our actual birthday, and so we have a ceremony at Historic Harrisburg at noon on that day. We're conducting a, a, a student, uh, a high school student um, essay contest, and we're to, in fact this afternoon, Jeb and I are going to be helping to score the essays that we received. Deadline was last Friday, and we're going to be giving out awards to those to those winners as well as on Monday, the 26th, 27th of, of February, we, we have a free public event at Historic Harrisburg at 6 o'clock, where that'll be our birthday party with, with cake and champagne, and Jeb's going to give a great presentation uh, uh, about so, some of the things we've been talking about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is obviously the two of you, and probably many more members of your association are passionate about this. What about those younger people? Are they as passionate? How do you grow that passion for historic preservation? I think they are. I think that the young adults, they love it. They get it. They want to live in the city. And, and we have a lot of younger members. Harrisburg Young Professionals really is our sister organization in many respects. We do a lot of things with them, and they promote the same things we do. Mm-hmm. So what does that younger generation, what are they looking for when they move to the city or stay in the city? Well, you know, they're looking for walkability. You know, some of them don't even need to have a car. Uh, they're going to ride a bike. So that living in the city, that, that lifestyle is very appealing to, to people fresh out of college. Is the history appealing to them? I think so. I think so. Uh, cer- certainly the idea of the character of the city. They, they may not be as interested as Jeb as I are as who was the architect and what year was it built. You know, there are a lot of people that love that, but that's not important. What's important is to make the city livable and dynamic and desirable, and that's really what we've been all about for the last 50 years. David Morrison is the executive director of Historic Harrisburg Association. Jeb Stewart is preservation advisor and longtime member of the Historic Harrisburg Association. I want to thank both of you for being with us today. Thank Thanks, you, Scott. Scott. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Scott Lamar.